Free Talk Live, 855-453. That is the, what's the sake old toll-free call-in line. And this is the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. And it's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can call in on Free Talk Live and you can talk about anything you want to talk about. That is the point of the program to allow you to have a venue to call in and and discuss whatever you want. Now, obviously, it's going to be a conversation. It's not a soapbox, but, uh, you know, hey, it's a lot more than most shows will do for you. It can be entertaining when people think it's a soapbox, though. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. You know, um, most of those uh, programs out there, they're not providing you with uh, the opportunity to get on the air. They're not providing you with seven days a week. Free Talk Live does that. They're not providing you with free archives. You can go over to freetalklive.com right now and download the last seven days. They're right there on the front of the page for you. We've actually got the last six years on archives.freetalklive.com. We make it easy for you. And we deliver our content to you in the way you want to get it. It's archives.freetalklive.com. And you can call us at 855-450-3733. Stephanie, you know, we talked about all kinds of uh, of, uh, of show prep before we started here. And what, which was the one we were going to, uh, to start with? I think we were going to talk about the inmate, the murder inmate. That's right. Yes. Who is Thank getting the- a... Well, a surgery, courtesy of the taxpayers, right? Yep, he's getting his Johnson chopped. Oh the, my! A, is um, that really what's? Is it a male to female? I believe. Well, yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I've when you're talking about inmates, the chances uh, are statistically much higher that you're talking about a male than you are about a female, right? Mm, but don't transgendered people like, you know, basically identify as the other gender regardless of what their body is, right? Yes, this is going to be confusing if that's where we're coming from. I guess we should explain exactly what this is all about. Let's right? start with the story here okay. from yahoonews.com uh, a- reporting on the from the AP uh, Boston. A federal judge on Tuesday ordered a state prison uh, ordered state prison officials to provide a taxpayer funded sex reassignment surgery to a transgendered inmate serving life in prison for murder. US District Judge Mark Wolf and I think this person's name needs to be mentioned here <laughs> uh, ruled in the case of a uh, Michelle Kozilek, who was born a man but has received hormone treatments and lives as a woman in an all-male prison. Huh. Uh, Robert Kozilek was convicted of murder uh, in the killing of his wife in 1990. Wolf was believed wow. to be the first federal judge uh, to order prison officials to provide the surgery for a transgendered inmate. Interesting it was done in Massachusetts, huh? The uh, you know state that's known to be quite liberal that uh, yeah. such thing would be done. Um, so just a point of clarification, the, the person had been Michelle. Yeah. Michelle, Michelle who was formerly Robert, Robert yep. was receiving hormones already when Correct. the judge made this decision. The judge actually made the decision to give the inmate <laughs> the no. hormones of the first place previously. Oh, okay. So, well, th- then this is kind of a continuation. I mean, because, okay, so some people continuation are transgendered. Of, of, of the same judge's same activism, though. I mean, it's not like another you think judge. activism to provide someone with a um, health care in prison? I think I mean, it's... everybody gets health care when they're in prison, right? It's. I mean, it's not going to be the best health care, right? Elective health care, um, I think is... Well, a, some would say that it's not elective because some people feel so... Uh, so dysphoric like so wrong imagine if you were trapped in a body that you didn't identify with and you thought was just didn't belong to you and it was driving you crazy and you were to the point of suicide at that point it's almost not really elective you know uh, in a lot of cases um 
prison dentists don't drill cavities. Yeah. They'll just yank the tooth out. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not talking about a state where people get the highest level of care. Yep. If you want gender reassignment surgery, you should probably stay free, is what my opinion is. Oh, well, yeah. A lot of people have trouble even getting it when they're free, I think you know, because it's expensive and... Some people actually choose to not now, have in, it because it, it's, in some cases, not that good. Like, they can't retain certain functions of their original genitalia, so they just choose not to have it. The sure. technology is not to the point where they haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of these uh, liberal democracies over in um, Europe where, uh, where they provide these for free. I know uh, England is one of them where they are... Great Britain, where they provide uh, gender reassignment surgery on the taxpayer's dime. And it, uh, you know, I mean, I think that this this is it's going to be very frustrating for some people. First off, it's probably very frustrating to be trapped in a body that uh, you do not believe is uh, the body that you should have. And I'm willing to go for that. I'm willing to say, okay, you know, things happen. Uh, There's always genetic abnormalities out there and i'm willing to call this a genetic abnormality i'm I'm fine by that but there are people out there that have philosophical and religious uh, disputes with the idea of transgenderism and those people i don't think should their tax dollars should be used should be forced from them to uh to 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 get this kind of surgery you know what i mean um i do i mean i it's hard for me to imagine somebody having a dispute with the way that somebody feels like Let's say, well, okay, we don't even have to use an example, right? I'm attracted to both men and women. I identify as bisexual. Can someone dispute that, like the way that I feel? You know, it's it sounds like pretty hard. I'm not asking them to pay for anything, of course, but um, like, they why don't they it? have a problem? Sure. Why don't they have a problem with? Well, not legitimately. I would recognize <laughs> people dispute all kinds of things that don't enter into reality. I mean, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree that they should be forced to pay for it either. But I mean, there are lots of healthcare procedures that are done on inmates that maybe people don't want to pay for those either because they just have an objection to inmates. having their money taken from them or to inmates themselves. Right. But I mean, if you were in jail, like, let's say that you were in. I've been in jail, so I can probably have. answer this question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you wanted to have health care when you were in jail. Right. Right. Um, and I'm sure it wasn't that easy to access, but because they're not really eager to give people like the best health care in jail. But like, what if somebody is in there and they're innocent? Like, should they be denied health care? Well, I don't think that people should be denied health care, but I think that the state should provide uh, the most rudimentary level of health care. And then if you want anything beyond that, perhaps you should have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, th- one of the problems with prison is, is that it's all about custody, care and control. And they're low on the care and high on the control aspect of it. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, if michelle uh, robert wants to be michelle that's fine and dandy by me um you know as long as robert has the money to pay to become michelle that that's cool now and where there, are they going to house yeah. robert um once robert becomes michelle and i'm talking about a physical sense not uh a, you know a, a psychological sense that it becomes uh, michelle uh where are they going to house uh, him or her well her i think that at that point either they have to decide segregation which that's not going to be a pleasant place to be right or a female prison right sure yeah and it's just i mean if you define male and femaleness based on genitalia then i guess that makes sense but there are clearly more factors than 
simply just genitalia that go into whether someone is male or female, right? Robert's going by Michelle, filed the lawsuit under the name of Michelle. Robert yeah. clearly identifies as a woman. Mm-hmm. So if the state says, okay, looks like a woman now, says he's a woman, says she's a woman, fine. But Female prison. But Michelle was still, I thought the article said Michelle was still in the men's prison. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so has not been transferred to a female prison. I'm betting Michelle enjoys a certain lifestyle in that prison. That's probably a little better than the average heterosexual male that enjoys that lives in that prison. You want to bet? I I don't know. I'm not really sure what you're getting. I'll at. bet you Michelle has sex partners. Okay. It's just a guess. Okay. And the average inmate doesn't. So. Do you I, think that they're voluntary sex partners? Oh yeah, sure. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, on Michelle's part. Uh yeah. Okay. I, I'm just guessing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know precisely what Michelle's all about, but uh, I'm, I'm wondering why does Michelle uh, Michelle want this gender reassignment surgery at all? Because Michelle is transgendered and identifies as a woman, I guess. Well, Michelle isn't going to be dating any uh, men in a women's prison, right? Maybe she likes women. <laughs> Which is uh, another I complication. Because c- your orientation and your gender are two different things. Agreed. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is a strange scenario all around. I, I agree. Maybe we can come back to the issue of like whether people should be forced to pay for it. And I would say resoundingly no. 855-450-3733. If you think that people should be forced to pay for this, I would be really interested. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Are you a liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you? Do you want to advance capitalism, peace, and freedom, but aren't sure how? I'm Amanda Mill, Executive Director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host Happy Hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. Tell you about Bitcoins real quick. Bitcoins are an online, peer-to-peer, open-source currency. You can send and receive money with Bitcoins without having to pay any fees. Nobody has access to your account. They cannot freeze your account. You, they, they can't, uh, you know, they, they, I guess they could steal your coins if they are not properly secured, but you need to secure them properly. But, uh, you know, you have complete control of your account. You can be the bank. And that's immensely important. This is a currency for the new millennium. Check out Bitcoins by going to weusecoins.org. Again, it's weusecoins.org. And if you need optical transceivers for your networking equipment and want to support Liberty at the same time, buy them from MemoryDealers.com. Oh, yes. So, Stephanie, let's go ahead and take some calls. We'll continue with this uh, story here of the – it's trans man is the terminology for uh, – a- Trans woman. It's a male to f- – it's male to female. Is that trans woman? Right. So okay. it's a, when you say trans man or trans woman, they're transitioning to man or trans – 
transitioning to women. Got it. All right, let's go to Dave in Honolulu. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, I was listening to Pork Therapy um, on the podcast, so I'm sort of hijacking. <laughs> let's Before you go on, Dave. Uh, I have sure. my, my own uh, radio show and podcast called Pork Therapy. It's PORCtherapy.com if you want to hear archives of my old episodes and find out more about it. Dave? Yeah, Ed called in and... Ed's usually my hero. He calls into Free Talk Live, too, and is always saying, let him go. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yes. this time he, he caused some uh, controversy with Stephanie. He, he was defending uh, single-payer health care stuff. Yeah, this was on the and Friday, thinking, re- most know, recent Friday If I was there Friday coaching show. Stephanie, I would have said, talk about the LASIK. Talk about the LASIK, because LASIK yeah. surgery, the insurance companies and the government kept kept their hands off it for a long time. and. There was a lot more innovation there. And the price came down over time. It got better and safer and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's a bit of ammunition on, on the other side. But I, I thought it was so funny that, uh, you know, Ed got so, so passionate and you kind of got uh, uh, a little off the rails. And oh, I did. I've never you, probably you been that worked up NBC, on my, but my own like, show. You know, you, I could tell you were barely, barely hanging on it. And <laughs> this is an issue that's so interesting to me. Um, you know how pe- people get so passionate, and evidence becomes uh, really hard for th- for them to grip. And you know, mm. when I'm ag- agreeing with Ed, it's like, yeah, go Ed, you got all those facts and figures. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And but then he, he started on this thing where I disagreed with him, and it's like my confirmation to- bias totally kicked in. And I'm saying, <laughs> Ed, where'd you get those f- figures? I want to see the websites. Yeah. And so I just had this sort of. Uh, self-revelation of you know okay i'm 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 too close to this too and that's yeah. just a really interesting uh aspect of it to me that how people get uh get sort of hijacked by ideas yeah i appreciate you bringing that up dave i do think it's really important for all of us to try to examine our own biases and like everybody has biases right like based on their past experiences sure. what they believe you know how they feel and so forth and I think like examining them and rooting them out can help us look at things more rationally, but it can be really hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. and it's every one of them, it's like digging up turnips. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't yeah. just dig up a turnip and then you got all the turnips up. You have to dig out each one of the turnips. Mm. Not that I've ever dug a turnip. There's a great um, list of cognitive biases on Wikipedia if you go to the cognitive biases article. And it goes through systematically one by one and says this is a fallacy because this and here's an example of it. And those are very helpful. I even know some people who have made like flashcards of those and looked at them and tried to like think of examples of, you know, how they have this, if they have this bias and how it manifests and so forth. The guy who wrote that is a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) You're biased against him. (laughs) Dave, uh, anything else? I ran across a a book by uh, Jonathan Haidt that also is kind of looking at this, um, this topic of, you know, the, the struggle between, um, Liberals and conservatives is what he concentrates on mostly, but, you know, political ideology in general. And he's um, a psychologist who has done some experiments and thinks he has some uh, some uh, theories about where, where, where these come from and why we kind of get captured by these ideas. Mm. What's his he name? Has, um, Jonathan Haidt, oh, H-A-I-D-T. I'll check it out. And, so can you give us uh, a summary? The Righteous of... Mind is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sort of in the middle of it. I find it interesting. I'm not sure I quite follow him completely. 
He also has an interesting video, a uh, TED video on uh-huh. YouTube yeah. that sort of summarizes some of the the main ideas in his book. So that's well. Once you get it nailed down, Dave, call in with a, a little report. I'd be interested in knowing uh, what that is. I was just thinking about. Thanks for the call. I was just thinking about it today, and it it it's it takes a special kind of narrow mindedness, and this happens on both sides of the aisle to believe that your party, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, is right and their party is wrong every time. I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're listening to me and you've got a political party that you tend to side with and, you know, it's a Republicans and Democrats, you know, I mean, stop and think for a second. What is it that the other side's doing right? Mm. If, if they, they must be doing something right, because there's no way in the world that you're on the side of everything that is right and good or that the Republicans are, because um, whatever I think is what is right and good. But um, the Republicans can't possibly be on the, 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 the right side of everything or the Democrats can't be. So the other side must be doing something right. If you can't think of the thing that the other side is doing right, here's your clue. <laughs> You're a narrow-minded hypocrite or whatever. Yeah, like or it, you just haven't thought about it, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes there is a payoff, I think. Like if, if someone calls themselves a Republican or a Democrat, there might be some payoff to that. Like all my friends are Democrats, mm-hmm. so I'm going to call myself one too because then I can get I can connect with them and relate to them and I fit in. Or maybe, you know, my dad was a Republican and he was a jerk and I didn't like the way he treated people, so I'm going to call myself a Democrat so I can, uh, you know, just kind of go against that thing that I don't like. Yeah, you know, and it, what it really seems to come down to is that the government uses, um, you know, whatever whatever people's issues are, it always seems to be about controlling others. For me, it's rights. I think that humans have rights, and rights are in function of ownership, and I believe you own your own body. Mm-hmm. If you own your own body, you own the labor of that body. And that means that if I make something and I sell that something that I've made, I deserve all the money that comes from the selling of that. Because... Otherwise, you've been enslaved, yeah, basically. It's, it's not yours, whoever you are. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, people would say, well, I, you didn't build that, is the uh, Obama thing, right? <laughs> well, Or you signed a social contract, Mark. Or, or, or the claim is the social contract. Social contract. Uh, but I'm not sure when I signed Nobody this Nobody really thing. claims that you signed it. They just claim that it exists and it binds you. Right. Well, by staying here on this piece of land, I've signed it. So oh, I'd ask you right. this. As an American citizen, what if I bought a big boat and I sat out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and I continued to you know, be productive out there? And do whatever I do. Uh, I do this radio program, and they say, you know, I'm 13 miles out from the. Uh, Some people are trying to border. do this. Well, absolutely, they are. Do I owe money then for the social contract? Because the United States government says I do <laughs> to pay for, well, whatever it is they're messing up. 855 450 free. Free Talk Live. That's 855 450 3733. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. 
He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition. Again, it's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. And Stephanie, tell us about the Free State Project. The Free State Project is, well, uh, the reason I live in New Hampshire. (laughs) Um, Same here. I moved here in 2006 uh, because I was really excited about the Free State Project. And what is that, you ask? Well, it's a collection of people who have pledged, I guess, to move to New Hampshire to attain more freedom in their lives, whatever that kind of means to them. They're doing a variety of things. Um, there there was a pledge, you know, to get 20,000 people to say that they'll move to New Hampshire as long as, you know, 19,999 others do too. But a lot of people have not waited for that and have gone to seek more freedom in New Hampshire right now, uh, which I did, and I'm really glad that I did because it beats the hell out of Massachusetts where I was living before. And I have lots of, uh, you know, you can basically have all the friends that you want, you know, uh, if, if you come here. So freestateproject.org is where you can find out more about that. I believe there's almost 13,000 people who have said that they will move to New Hampshire. Getting there. For the Free State Project. So S- check speaking, it out. Speaking of uh, Massachusetts, that's where this article that we've been reading is from uh, here of the... Uh, it must be why I'm such an effete liberal. That's right. Because <laughs> I came from Massachusetts. You and all your... My trans friends. <laughs> I do have a transgendered friend, actually. I'm glad you have a friend. <laughs> I know. I, you're going to say congratulations, but I mean, I, <laughs> I guess um, I don't know why I said that. Just that people often say on Free Talk Live that I am obsessed with gender issues or that we talk about queer issues a lot. And I don't know. They're important to me. I've got a friend who, um, you know, that this is a you know an issue with, too. And I... Uh, you know, it's it's hard. It, it's hard for me to sort of transition this person that I knew as a male now is a female, right? Like suddenly he decides that he is a she yep. and I've got to change my verbiage. And mostly he's been gracious about it and, and that kind of thing. It's got to be frustrating on their side said too. He. Right. <laughs> see? Gra- see? <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness uh, the, the gratitude, graciousness is there. Anyway, let's go to Christine in central Illinois. Christine, you're listening on XM? Yes. What's on your mind? You Can, can you talk about anything at all? Uh, sure. Go right ahead. Okay. I have seen this commercial on TV that I am completely disgusted with, and I was wondering if you guys had seen it. It's a new Hardee's commercial. I actually don't watch too much TV, or practically none, but uh, fill us in. Yeah, That's t- probably what I need to do. Now, Describe um, it to me. It, it is two young ladies uh-huh. with um, their midriffs exposed, okay, and they're, they're cooking burgers, uh-huh. and um, through the commercial they show their butt cheeks. This really? is a commercial. Oh, seriously! It shows their their butt cheeks, and then uh, there's two guys watching them, and at the end they cross arms like people who are taking a toast at a wedding, 
and they eat the burgers looking at each other, and the guys start taking pictures of them. It is totally a sexual thing, uh-huh. and it's on TV during the day where kids can see it. What do you think? That, uh, it sounds uh, you know, kind of creepy to it, me. It does uh, sound creepy. Yeah. It, it, it's, I wonder, it's, it's ridiculous. But I wonder also, also you know, my, my son's four, and I'm not sure he yeah. understands what he sees. Okay, he probably doesn't, but an eight or nine or ten-year-old would. No, oh, they're going to see it anyway. They, they got the internet. Yeah. But is that how you have to stoop to sell a burger at Hardee's? I don't know. Does it make you want to buy a burger? Oh, the commercial is for burgers? Yes. I, the commercial I, is for food. I thought you were saying it was for the political parties. I was like, whose campaign is no. running that? <laughs> That's why I said, can you ask anything? <laughs> I see. Yeah, I'm, 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 does it, make you, it doesn't make you want to buy a burger? It makes me sick. Then I then I think they failed um, in their you know uh, in in this case. You know I think that they've they've taken a uh, uh, you know an edgy approach. I'm in advertising. I've done advertising my whole life, um, my uh-huh. whole adult life. And I've you know you you take when you produce a commercial like this, they had to know that it would be polarizing, and so they're going to they're they're sadly marginalizing a lot of people. Christine, do you eat hamburgers? Yes, they're marginalizing but, people that eat hamburgers, and um, you know, I mean, that's, maybe maybe even like women too who don't want to be like I don't know looked at as a piece of meat that's designed to sell a hamburger. It does seem like a piece of meat. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't either. But I tell you what, if you if you don't watch TV very much, but if you should catch it, you know, I'd like just look at it and you know. We can try to pull it think. up on YouTube. Yeah, I'll see the if break. we can pull pull it up on the. Yeah, pull it up on YouTube. It's ridiculous. I mean, it actually shows their butt cheeks. I mean, not they got on shorts. Christine, I have a question. Um, have you ever yes. have you ever seen um, like the Super Bowl is really famous for doing this? A lot of pro sports games also do the same thing. Yeah, they'll put on ads for uh, Viagra or like Cialis or any of the um, erectile dysfunction drugs, and you yes. know. Obviously, it's meant to target, I guess, the the men who are watching the game and make them believe that they need this drug, right? Uh, uh-huh. what, do you, what do you think about those? Because I know some people have complained about the child friendliness of commercials like that in the past. Yeah, those commercials I don't have a problem with at all because they're not showing stuff. I mean, they're showing couples smiling at each other. Yeah, that's all they seem to do to me. I've seen ones that are yeah. pretty suggestive, like they're playing the guys playing golf, and they show the golf club, and they have a close up of the the <laughs> shaft seen of the that golf. One. <laughs> I I have not. I honestly have not seen okay, that. Okay, I'm just curious. I yeah, I don't. I to me, whenever I see these commercials, I think, well, you know, this is a nice way to portray a, a relationship. I mean, you know, I see. It, it, Maybe t- they've changed their their ads in response to uh, people's feedback I, or something. Christine, I thanks don't know, for but I am. I was driving on the highway, and I've never listened to your radio station at all. And I just started listening to it, and it was interesting. So I thought I'm going to call in. You're in for a shock. Thanks for the call, Christine. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a show where we talk about all kinds of different things. So, and you know, I think that there have certainly been times when I've seen ads, and I'm left kind of. Uh, I don't feel as good about that company as I did before I saw that ad. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, as an advertising person, I know that they attempt, the people that create ads, I really just have only sold ad space. (laughs) Um, The people that that create ads want to get your attention. And some people will call it a victory that Christine called in and talked on Free Talk Live about Hardee's Mm. hamburgers. Because then they'll want to go see the ad for themselves and see what the big deal is about. 
Yeah. It's it's certainly get create this is creating buzz. I guess it's almost like the Chick-fil-A thing. And I mean, of course, they take the complete opposite approach. They claim to be, you know, Christian values company or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And they had the whole campaign that they were saying well, they didn't really go on a campaign against gay marriage, but they were saying that they don't support gay marriage and they gave a bunch of money to organizations that That was the CEO and yeah, I guess the company's yeah, yeah given some money. But it ended case. up like just kind of polarizing people and there was a ton of buzz. People were talking about Chick-fil-A when they had never talked about it before. But the national Chick-fil-A is supporting the gay pride parade. Uh, from what I heard with from people who were actually planning the parade, involved in planning the parade, they were kind of saying that they were wondering if he wasn't just trying to kind of put a positive spin on the whole negative PR for Chick-fil-A uh, thing, like he wasn't really maybe sincere about it. I don't really know. Oh, I think that's disgusting. It, if he was right or, somebody sitting there trying to guess someone's motivations for giving i don't know yeah i mean that just sounds like somebody with an agenda to me okay i mean how how are they possibly well, going to know they, if he's sincere or not sure and maybe it doesn't even matter because it doesn't they were, matter they were sponsoring a gay pride parade and that's definitely different than the corporate headquarters right yeah i mean that there's you know there there's a contingent of people out there on both sides of these issues that you just can't make happy you know, you just can't make them happy unless the Republicans or Democrats or the people on the other side roll over and die. <laughs> they're not going to be happy. So it's not going to happen. Those people, they, they need to get a life as far as I'm concerned. I was just, you know, you can't make them happy. If somebody can't make happy, you got to ignore. Well, the whole thing, I mean, I will grant them that, that the whole thing, the whole issue about Chick-fil-A and whether they are anti-gay or whatever, um, really did seem to create a buzz around them and probably got them a lot of free publicity. And, and there are some people who say certainly no sold press a lot of chicken is bad sandwiches press. over those first those few days. Right. I don't know how that'll go in the long run. Um, there are a lot of people out there that care about gay issues and, and those kind of things. I do. A lot of but people that, but that... I like Chick-fil-A sandwiches too. <laughs> free talk live. Your opinions are welcome. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Indeed, you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. You know, um, you can go to freetalklive.com and you can get, not only can you get the archives for free, but you can get uh, involved with the program on a deeper level. You can go to news.freetalklive.com. You can, uh, there's the email updates where you can get uh, sort of the important news about Free Talk Live and then the more granular news with Facebook and Twitter. We're uh, tweeting and, and posting during the show. So you can, you know, you can interact in that way too. It's news.freetalklive.com. Stephanie, you pulled up the, the, the commercial that uh, 
Christine was uh, called in and talked we about. We did, and we watched it during the break. I know you have a very busy schedule of hooting and oh, hollering. Yes. And I've got things to do. <laughs> I've been hollering the, the whole time. <laughs> but you found time to watch this, oh, 30 second ad or something like that and i mean it was blatantly sexualized it was these... i've got to say i was appalled <laughs> i kind of like there was a little bit of a uh lesbian overtone to it maybe yeah you know yes which i which i actually didn't mind at all but <laughs> I, but know... it was it was definitely like okay there are these girls in bikinis and like daisy dukes and they're cooking on the barbecue they're cooking all kinds of meat, okay? And they're kind of like playfully pushing each other. One gets a drip of like barbecue sauce on her cleavage and she licks it off and um, and then they feed each other the the hamburgers at the end and just like Christine was describing, there are men watching and taking pictures and stuff. But were they taking a picture, were they trying to say that the hamburger is se- as sexy as the women? Because I think that that's what they were trying to get across. Yeah, I guess so. That this, this hamburger is as attractive to men as these women are, is what I was, uh, the experience that I was having. Now, I, what I was, and I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of room for critique in here. And what I was sort of, Taken aback by was the age. What a, they the looked apparent really young. Age. Yeah. You called them girls, and yeah, you, you... They, yes, I never. I call women women, but yeah, these look like teenage, like maybe fourteen to sixteen year old girls. I, they were obviously well endowed, um, but they, their faces and the just the other. They like, seemed really, except for their breasts, they were like really skinny, and yep. you know. They if just looked young. They, you know, if they were from their neck down, they looked like any attractive, beautiful model. From their neck up, they appeared to be uh, young cheer- cheerleaders and on a high school cheerleading team or something. I mean, they were just. That was a little weird. I, I was a little uncomfortable. And that's what, you know, bothered me about it uh, more than anything. And I've seen this a few times. I guess it bothers me the sexualization of the two, you know, somebody who's too young from my standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 42 and that is, that message is all, all over the place in culture, Mark. I mean, it's kind of undeniable. Actually, even there's a documentary called sexy ink that I've, I have it on my watch list, but I've heard awesome reviews of this and it's about like the sexualization of like young women, basically girls and young women. Well, and, and it's, I, I don't know where to come down on this. Um, I, I know that it makes me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, but... Yeah, because on one hand, you're being shown these images and you're supposed to think it's sexy, but on the other hand, like if that girl is actually 14 or 15, then you would be considered a predator and a yeah. uh, a if criminal a if you actually... actually yeah, if you were actually to have sex with her. That. Yeah. So it's a very confusing mixed message, I think, for everybody. And it doesn't give uh it, it doesn't take into consideration that most places around the world and most times throughout human history these women would probably be two children in um, by their age you know i mean women started having sex and being you know bearing children in their teen uh, years so it's kind of this interesting situation so oh so you're saying that you think it's possible that people may have evolved to find young women attractive oh i wouldn't doubt that at all but um you know i think that we're that our culture shows us you know gives us these mixed messages yeah because a i find this to be too young and like i'm sort of then it becomes this like forbidden fruit i mean isn't there's that porn uh company i guess now called barely legal Uh where they're supposed to be 18 but they're they look younger Mm -hmm. or whatever and people people buy it i mean sure 
And what does that say? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, clearly, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, people are by and large generally going to find younger women more attractive than they're going to find older women. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure older women have many of things to uh, to speak for themselves. You really don't see that with um, with boys, though. Like, I don't think 13, you know, 14 to 16 year old boys are sexualized in the same way. I think way they that- are for gay men. Um more so. Oh, that's maybe maybe that could be a fair point. I think that uh, you know, yeah, or young looking, yeah, sure. You know, having been a uh, teenage and early twenties male, they don't have much to speak for themselves either. Sorry, I just uh, you know, I'm of the opinion that, that men don't become men until they're in their uh, you know reaching their thirties. Um, don't, don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> what does it mean to become a man? I. I, you know, by my definition, take responsibility for yourself. Uh, you know, the the things that people find attractive in men, I don't feel most males have achieved that until they are, you know, somewhere getting close to 30. Okay. What about females? They, uh, you know, have are they found more physically attractive. Uh, you know, but have they taken responsibility for their actions? I don't and... think that there's, I don't think people find the same things attractive in men and women. Otherwise, oh, so men women don't would have be to. getting breasts, or <laughs> men would be getting breast augmentation surgery, right? Sure, but yeah, there's I don't a know. difference. People and, and are individuals. You know what? I'm just... not going to apologize that there's a difference between men and women. <laughs> you know? No, I, obviously there are differences between men and women. I, I'm, I'm not saying that they're exactly the same. I'm just curious what your definition of what it means to be a man is. I mean, because people mean different things by that. They do. And I've heard a lot of people say some pretty, uh, what I consider to be ridiculous notions of what it means to be a man, which is like to be domineering, to be a jerk, basically, to be in charge of every situation, to be um, mean and nasty. I mean, it, those aren't manliness to me. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. What do you think the attractive qualities of a man are? Eight five five four five zero. I think you're going to get more calls if you ask what the attractive qualities of a woman are. That's, I don't think you. I mean, <laughs> that's obvious. You know, I I think that that uh, I've been told, and I tend to agree that men tend to be more attracted by visual cues. Sadly, we have to kind of learn through bumps and bruises in life that. Uh, that attractive woman isn't necessarily the best thing for us. Wow. Uh, where do you even go with that? Um, okay. So the visual thing, um, I think that can be debunked, you know, cause really? yeah. Um, there's, you know, th- there's a lot of neuroscience research out there that's very biased, mm-hmm. right? And people want it to be true that men are more visual because actually there are sex education books that are published by the federal, well, were published by the federal government uh, funded I don't know, some groups that got government funding basically under the Bush administration. And they contained, uh, you know, instructions for the teachers to tell the kids that men are more visual. So that's why girls have to be very modest in their dress because they have to worry about turning on the men. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like talk about take responsibility for your actions. Right. Um, It's not the woman's fault if she's dressing in a certain way and somebody finds her attractive. Right. Did I ever say that it was? No, but I mean, I think the the men are more visual thing. It can be easily used to justify stuff like that, and it's not necessarily true. Do you think that women true. dress in a certain? Some women dress in a certain fashion in order to attract men. Um, sure, everybody. Ah, of every, course they do. Yeah, everybody <laughs> does. And but I'm visual too. I'm a woman, right? And 
you know, I look at them, right? So does that make me not a woman? Does it mean that women are also visual? I mean, what does maybe that even the, mean? Maybe it's Men the higher sex. Well, I don't know. I, I, I can yeah. only take my information um, on authority. And uh, by the way, well, you know, and, and just because authority figures say it doesn't necessarily mean it's it does, true. It, like, it sounds like it's coming from sciencey folks. You want me to believe your atheist friends when they say there's no God and that they were, you know, they no, I, <laughs> they point out science. But I don't want you, don't you to want believe to, an authority figure to tell you that there's no God. Uh, I want you to think about it and uh, come to your uh, your conclusions. But, I have come to my conclusion. Okay. <laughs> but there is one. Okay. So now let's talk about the, um, so you said men are more visual. And then what did you say after that? I uh, don't know. Something I wanted to address. Okay. Anyway, I just, I'm just saying that uh, there could be an, an element of cognitive bias in the whole. Do you think um, men have higher sex drives than women in general on a bell curve situation? Um, no, actually. You don't think that men no, have higher I sex I think drive? women and men enjoy sex in general, enjoy sex equally as much? I'm not sure that that's uh, the same question that I was asking. Um, whether or not you enjoy sex might be oh, just saying, did you enjoy that sex? sex? Yes, that sex was fine. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think the question is, how often do you want to have sex? Mm-hmm. And that's a very individual thing. It is. But I'm going to need a larger sample size of women to have sex with so I can determine this scientifically. So please call in. Come on. You... <laughs> Somebody out there has done the, the, the research on this. And I'm I'm just guessing that men have a higher sex drive than women. I don't think that's true, actually. And especially if you look back, there are some cultures where which are female. Just because you're randy and ready to can... go doesn't mean that every woman is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, okay, look up, uh, I'll find it during the break, but there are certain cultures where f- women literally pick out men and take them to their rooms and they have these uh, these rituals and stuff. Let's find out where those are. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Go check out freetalklive.com. There you will find, well, all kinds of different things, but uh, the listen options tell you all the ways that you can listen to Free Talk Live. If you want to get Free Talk Live and... You know, maybe you're driving out of the range of a radio station that carries us, or you don't have XM. Maybe the live streams will work for you. If you just go to freetalklive.com, you can click the Listen Live link, or you can go to listen.freetalklive.com. You can find all the great radio stations we're on, the satellite options. We have Free to Air and XM, the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com, the Listen Lines, where you can call a telephone number. Long-distance charges do apply. And listen to Free Talk Live there. It's listen.freetalklive.com. Dot com. So, Stephanie, in the last hour, we were talking about I, we were talking about this hamburger commercial from Hardee's where these uh, <laughs> young before, before women, that we were talking about the, the uh, transgender sex change. Yes. 
thing. We were. There was a. There's an article from uh, Yahoo out here about the convict in Massachusetts that's managed to secure herself a uh, sex change from. Uh, I guess the Department of Corrections. <laughs> so go. it's a interesting story, and uh, this judge is going along with it. So anyway, I don't doesn't make much sense to me. But we were talking about sort of the um, the sex drive of men and women, and mm-hmm. you dispute the sort of long held belief by uh, the, the the popularly held belief that women have lower sex drives than men. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was watching a um, interesting. Video uh, from well, f- first of all, I mean, I think people are individuals, but if you must generalize, I don't think it's necessarily true that you know women have lower sex drives than men. I think people are individuals too, and that's why I use the terminology bell curve when I talked about it because I think that not only yeah. will you find women that have a higher sex drive than um, some men, but you'll find all kinds of you know the there are people all over the charts, people that don't want to have sex at all, people that mm-hmm. want to have sex constantly. So um, does it matter? I mean. It doesn't it matter most like what, for instance, your partner prefers. That certainly matters. Um, but <laughs> you, you, we were t- you're talking about generalizations. So are you saying that people shouldn't make generalizations about the world? I don't you generally attempt to okay, understand. Okay, I'm going to make a generalization world? about generalizations. I don't generally like them. Okay, <laughs> but I, I got you. But I mean, doesn't it help you understand the world better? Not when they're wrong. <laughs> I don't think it helps you understand the world better if, if a if generalization is incorrect and it's applied to people unfairly and then it affects how they're treated and stuff. So, no. Great. If it's in, so if it's correct, then it does help you? Uh, yeah, I guess it could help. Okay, great. If, if it's correct. So um, what, one of my p- p- proofs, and you were saying that uh, the, all the science stuff that I've heard, and any of us who uh, yeah, hear anything that is called science uh, generally is, are just getting it through the, the mass media. They're reading some kind of website or hearing something or other, reading a book and taking that as uh, on authority. Um, it's pretty rare that, uh, you, you know, that there may be somebody who works for what Masters and Johnson uh, listening to the show that ha- understands uh, more about sexual um, human sexuality than uh, sort of the average person. But, you know, we all take take our information on authority. And you had that information on authority, and then you read some book that said, nuh-uh, and you decided to— I don't think I ever really believed it, you know, that— I don't. I don't think I be- even better. You didn't believe it, and then something gave you uh, confirmation <laughs> but it to was your very, already existent. It's very bias. prevalent in culture. People people think this, including you. Just because it's prevalent doesn't well, yours, make it wrong. Yours or is right. confirmed by your own experience. Agreed. Right? I'm only asking you. Like, so <laughs> so at this point, all Maybe you said is confirmed my by my own experience too. Agreed. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm my experience. Uh, you know, in this is certainly there have been instances in re- long term relationships where women want to have sex less often with me than I want to have sex with them. And most of those relationships are over. <laughs> so, um, okay. But, you know, I, I do have a couple of pieces of information. One time I had a girlfriend who, uh, you know, she felt that she needed higher sex drive. She went to the doctor. They gave her testosterone to rub on her twiffy. Yeah, that they do that. Um, I've I seen, produced I've seen some more testosterone than you do. <laughs> so therefore, I have a small amount of science to say that um, you know people that produce testosterone are going to have a higher right. sex drive than people who produce less. But you also Second have piece. different receptors for testosterone because you have a Y chromosome, and the receptors are what allows your body to respond to the testosterone. So it affects a man versus a woman differently. 
Agreed. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't. Uh, that sounds reasonable to me. I, I wouldn't know how it affects. I mean, testosterone affects men and women differently, but testosterone being apparently the drug that uh, makes people more horny. Um, it's not that simple. Gotcha. But it's not. Human it's certainly phys- not. If that it were, somebody would be a millionaire. It's <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's somewhat uh, that simple a because I can tell you it did work. Um, but then again, placebos work, right? So secondarily, yes, they do, especially with sexual things. Um, I was watching on the OWN network, which is uh, Oprah's network. Are you familiar with this? No. It's good. I don't it's watch got TV, all the lib- and I wouldn't watch Oprah's. It's network. got all the liberal bias that you need. Okay. Um, the there was called Our America, which is a um, you know it's a it's a show done by I don't know this gal, and in this case she was uh, following some people who were going through uh, transsexual changes. Yep. And there was a. Woman transitioning into a man. Yep. Uh, she had had some levels of the operation, and uh, she was, you know, on hormone treatments, and those hormones were being te- being um, largely testosterone. Testosterone. Claiming uh, this woman claimed I did not uh, that I can't believe the sex drive that I have now. I don't know how men control themselves. Hmm. So yeah, people say that. I mean, when they get testosterone, uh, even people. Um, I've heard Gardner Goldsmith, who is a another talk show host that we know, tell this story on the air where he had an autoimmune disorder and it was causing muscle wasting. So like his body was, you know, his muscles were kind of wasting away. And so he got some testosterone shots after that. And he said, wowza. Yeah. Like he was walking around and he was just noticing all these, like he couldn't stop looking at like women's hair and he couldn't stop thinking about sex. Creeping on him. Yeah. It sounded a little bit. I mean, hormones have an amazing effect on people's bodies, no doubt. I, I wouldn't dispute that. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just can't really go as far. When there are so many cultural influences that, cultural, shame, culture that is- shame women about sex and tell them, you know, that, you know, good women, good girls are not supposed to be interested in sex. I don't experience sex. these women that you're, that you're talking about. The, the women that's, that are, you know, shamed well, by sex, their the, sexuality. Well, you, would you acknowledge that um, there's a double standard for men who have a lot of sexual partners versus women who have a lot? Yes, and the way to handle that uh, double standard is to not tell many how many people uh, tell people how many sexual partners you've had. Oh, I, I don't think it matters. I mean, I I, <laughs> I I think it does matter because people will make judgments upon you, so therefore you never share that information. Never <sighs> give the number ever under any circumstance. I don't see how never. it's going to come out well if you if you share. Never the give the number, right? Like, there's no good answer to the number. If the number's low, well, you're probably there's something wrong with you. If the number's high, you're a whatever, and people decide whatever that what it is by that number. Never give the number. Well, it's simple. People probably have a different number in mind for what they think is an acceptable number for men versus an acceptable one for women. I have a friend who's uh, his male and had uh, at the time that I was living with him claimed to have uh, 300 sexual. He's up over a thousand now. I don't know. I, I don't think so. You've been telling the story for a while. I, I have. Uh, this was back in 1999 that I lived with him, mm-hmm. and so he had the opportunity. But I don't think he's been adding on to that number. He's uh, seems happily married at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't live near him at this point. So you never know. Uh, he, uh, you know, I, I, I find that number to be disturbing. I don't okay. find him to be. Uh, more of a man for that number. I find him to be less of a man because he's less attractive. Um, I mean, so I you're attracted to men. No, <laughs> you're not. You're not addressing. You're not addressing the point here. Can, you're I, saying can I read that a quick a, thing, Mark? Okay, sure. But you, is, I would like. I'm refuting the point that you said that there's a there's a cultural bias against uh, women having large amount of sexual partners versus yeah. men, and I'm saying that there is a cultural bias against men with the especially in the in a world of sexual sexually communicated diseases. Um, 
okay. Um, I just don't think it's really as strong against men. Yeah, I, maybe would, I, I think I might agree that it's not as strong as against men. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just to highlight, but women are more likely to co- contract a sexually communic- communicable disease too. Sure, that's just anatomy. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry that anatomy has effects on real life. Women have more but, difficult okay. trouble standing and peeing, too. If, if somebody gets a sexually transmitted disease, though, does do they need to be shamed by culture? I don't think so. I mean, I think that sexually transmitted diseases probably bring just their own little bit of shame. Yeah, that's that's a punishment. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. 855 Do you have an STD? Yeah. <laughs> Want to talk about it? Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That is the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com is the place to go. They've got the name brands. They've got them at the lowest prices. Don't believe me? Do the comparison shopping yourself. I've done it. I don't need to explain it to you because I believe it. ManVentureOutpost.com. They carry knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything that the outdoors enthusiasts might want in your life. It's ManVentureOutpost.com. And you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. They've got the name brands. They've got everything that you want. They're selling price. So, you know, find out all the things you want, but go and buy them from manventureoutpost.com. Use coupon code FTL, save 5% at manventureoutpost.com. Stephanie? Yes. Men being deflowered? <laughs> so when you said the whole thing about that you believe that women inherently have a lower sex drive than men, I think there are a lot of cultural factors that completely confound this. And I remembered a passage that I read out of this book called Sex at Dawn, which, you know, essentially, among other things, makes the argument that female sexuality has really been uh, repressed over history, you know, as an instrument of control over women and that they really can't repress it, but they've tried a lot. Um, So the powers that be, I guess, being they, I don't really know who they are, but, you know, church, state, etc. And so I'm reading you from a blog who's kind of summarizing this this whole uh, thing that was presented in the book Sex at Dawn. The blog is called In Bed with Married Women dot blogspot dot com. So not all 
married, and it's all about sex. So not this sure. married woman does not have a low sex drive. Uh, so she says the. I never said that married women have low sex drive. I said you're right. That women have fair. inherently lower, and I don't. You you tossed in inherent, um, inherently. Uh, well, what have, else would it be? Do you mean well, that if it's cultural, then who? I, you know, I don't know, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. I can't do the science. I don't even believe in science anymore now with the internet. <laughs> I mean, it's like what? science has been destroyed the by internet? the internet. Well, you can't. Uh, uh, the a layperson can't. I, I can't do science, and believing science is only believing authority. So, therefore, if you're going to believe authority, no, it's not really. Everybody's going to appeal show the you science. Evidence, you know, there is at least they attempt to I show you. I can't even look at the evidence. Have you ever? Tra- you may be able to read one of these scientific papers. I've looked at these sure. things, and it might as well be written in Swahili. Yeah, I. I understand you there. I mean, it might be written by lawyers for all I know because I can't read legal stuff either. Okay. Well, let me, let me read you this blog post and you can see if you believe it or not. This comes from anthropologists uh, who study this culture. The Mosuo, a matrilineal agricultural society in China, and I forget when they existed, but this is probably fairly recent. Mm. Um, keeps dig sec- back into the ages to, to find this. Go ahead. Uh, no, actually... So there's something written about them in 2006 from somebody who visited them. So they still exist. So they're still around. Deflowering men. Go ahead. In China keeps sexual relations separate from family relations. Starting at age 13 or 14, a Mosuo girl gets her own Baba Huago flower room with a private door leading to the street. Oh, my. At night, she can have as many different lovers as she'd like. And there's no uh, expectation or really place for commitment. Guests have to leave before sunrise, and people are discreet about their lovers. Any resulting children are raised in her mother's house with the help of her brothers and the rest of the community, writes Cynthia Barnes, a travel writer who visited the Mosuo in 2006. It makes you wonder how this kind of culture comes around, you know? Mm-hmm. They are apparently a matrilineal culture. They're, so they're women, certainly out there. Domination. Um, they exist. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, it's, it's kind of, and, and, but they tend to be not the norm. You know, that tends right. to be that it's a male-female couple uh, situation. People call that, uh, will call that patriarchal. I'm not sure that I agree that this is a patriarchal society. I think I have a lot of evidence to, uh, to the contrary, but uh, people will call it that. What about in the past? Do you think historically it was more male dominated? I think that the stuff that well, I don't Things know. Things are getting better once we're for getting, sure. Once we're, what think. do we? What do you know that was it? That's more than 28 years ago. <laughs> stuff you've read. read about history right yeah. and that's the thing is you know once again we're talking about uh, authority so who writes the who writes the history well i okay i saw a newspaper clipping from i believe it was from the 1950s in new york city and they had profile pictures of four men and they were being asked the question should women be spanked and they were all saying yes they need to be taught a lesson if they mouth off to you they should be slapped and spanked and like basically all advocating domestic violence and so I don't have really a hard time believing that that happened based on I what I know. I didn't have a hard time believing it either. But I'm just pointing out that most of the stuff that we have out there is stuff that we believe from authority, not stuff that we believe that's ev- you know evidential. Yeah, I mean, what so you're talking you, about you is can't ev- look at you know, all the evidence. evidence. Yeah, you can't look at all the evidence yourself. Um, so I guess it makes sense if you trust somebody to summarize the evidence who's an expert on it, then you could take their word for it. But it's you know sometimes it can be difficult to look at all the evidence for yourself. I completely agree with that. But, you know, you have to kind of draw your own line on that, I guess. Let's go to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. I was going to throw something into this a little bit. Um, I'm just going strictly by, like, 
I don't know, pragmatic or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, men can be like free agents if they want and spread their seed all over the place. (laughs) Uh, But women, um, if they have a child and they get stuck with it, then they bear the burden of of um, providing for that child. Now, do you think there was any biological evolution that made the female sex drive sm- smaller because of that? Uh, well, it wouldn't affect their desire to have sex with other women, right? With other women? Yeah, because they can't oh, get them no. pregnant, right, under that That's paradigm. true. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> how would You could argue that women... Evolution, how, would, how would homosexuality affect uh, evolution? Um, because it's a way to bond and a way to create uh, relationships. Humans are social creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, it strengthens the group dynamic, okay. relieves tension, makes people feel it, happy. It can probably tear the pr- group apart, too. I mean, sex is just as good at uh, creating uh, fissures as it is uh, bonds, right? Uh... I, I don't really know. I never lived in a caveman society. I mean, <laughs> I'm just talking about now. What, what they say is jealousy among, probably isn't just didn't pop out in the 20th century. Well, they I, say, I read about it in the Bible. <laughs> they say mm. animals, you know, like bonobos, for instance, right? They're closely related to humans. Those dirty, dirty, dirty bonobos. little monkeys, <laughs> naughty monkeys. Uh, but they uh, supposedly they have a lot of sex with each other, including homosexual sex, both males and females. And it supposedly it creates like a group, you know, cohesion and they don't get jealous of each other. Bonobos are the Democrats of the uh, the ape world. Um, it's interesting. I've, I've heard this. Uh, what, the Democrats? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> follow my theory here. Okay. There's a river that runs through it. On one side, the river is lush and green and, and fertile and uh, provides the apes with all they need. On the other side, it is not. Bonobos and chimps, very close. On one side yeah. of the chimps, on the other side of the bonobos. The chimps, they got the bad side of the river. Mm-hmm. Not as not as lush, not as fertile, doesn't have so as much they stuff. Fight more. They go around and fight and, and kill other uh, monkeys and all this other stuff. Whereas the bonobos, free love, baby. <laughs> yeah. 855-450-3733. You can call in and chase me for that last comment. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the Live Sunday edition with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. If you're starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. 
LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. I did my will over there. They do all kinds of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs, living wills, living trusts. You can use coupon code FTL to save $10 off any order. It's LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom.com, coupon code FTL. Stephanie, there's a story of some folks that decided to do the right thing. Yes. Well, and they got, uh, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Not I don't that I would consider this a this, good deed. By the deed. way, a good deed no. or the right thing. But right. the government would have you believe it was. Exactly. And this story is from RT. Very interesting that uh, they're, they're often Johnny on the spot with sort of, a, I guess, a news pieces that challenge the U.S. government is the best way I could put it. And I got this, by the way, from the Free Talk Live uh, page. I think it was yeah. on there. So, Russia today, probably not so good at challenging the Russian government. Uh, yeah, I've never seen them do that. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> now that I think of it. So anyway, uh, the headline is Feds Seize Gold Coins Worth $80 Million from a Pennsylvania Family. And this is recent from uh, Friday. A federal judge have, has withheld a, or excuse me, has upheld a verdict that strips a Pennsylvania family of their grandfather's gold coins worth an estimated $80 million and 80. has million I can't even dollars. imagine that much money, like what it would be like. Humans aren't really good at imagining large numbers anyway, True. but uh, $80 million is going to change your life. Yes. Probably for the worse. <laughs> this, yeah. If you just get it all in one lump sum, like winning the lottery... <laughs> It just I, well half of it'll be gone for taxes. That's true. More, but and you'll I'm, have people banging down your door to give them a handout for the rest of it, probably. Yeah, it's it it takes a it takes a very unusual person to be able to take a get a large sum of money like mm. this and and do something proper with it. From what I've read about the the topic, it's kind of like once you have certain things taken care of, like you, you you're not stressed out about like making basic ends meet. Above and beyond that, more money doesn't necessarily make you happier. You know, you can have more stuff and st- and things like that, but doesn't fix your problems. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna and money, plus money creates problems. its own problems. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so Pennsylvania federal judge, uh, no, a federal judge has ordered ownership of these coins transferred to the U.S. government. The story behind this is that uh, the the judge Lagrome Davis of the Eastern District Court of Pennsylvania affirmed a 2011 jury decision that a box of 1933 this is important the year St. Gaudens double eagle coins discovered by the family of Israel Swit a deceased dealer and collector is the property of the United States in the midst of the great depression then president franklin roosevelt ordered that America's supply of double eagles manufactured at the Philadelphia Mint be destroyed and melted into gold bars. Of the 445,000 or so coins created, though, some managed to escape the kiln and ended up in the hands of collectors. In 2003, Switz family opened a safe deposit bank that their grandfather kept, revealing 10 coins among that among them that turned out to be the world's most valuable collectibles in the among the world's most valuable collectibles in the currency realm today so they basically this grandfather had 1933 gold coins that the government had ordered melted down turned into gold bars he never turned them in or somehow he oh well this describes how he got them uh switz descendants the langboards thought the coins had been gifted to their grandfather years earlier by mint cashier george mccann and took the can- coins to the mint to have their authenticity verified. That was their mistake. Yes. But the government quickly took hold of the, the items and refused to relinquish the fine to the family. The Langboards responded with a lawsuit that ended last year in a victory for the feds. 
Because the government ordered the destruction of the entire supply of coins decades earlier, the court found that Switt's family was illegally in possession of the stash. Even though they may have been presented to the dealer by Philadelphia Mint staffer, Judge Davis agrees with last year's ruling that Mr. McCann, the person who gifted the coins to the grandfather, broke the law. They so call- they, were, uh, they were essentially stolen property at one point or another. Well, according to the government, yeah. I mean, they had ordered something... They were maybe illegally or unlawfully removed from the mint. Yep. But uh, wow, I mean, oh yeah, this lots is of horrible. years have gone by. It's the entity that de- ordered the destruction of the coins now benefits from the fact that so many of the coins were destroyed. Oh yeah. So it, it's it's really this kind of crazy. You know, if this person hadn't have stolen them or you know misappropriated them, I think is probably a better term. I'm, right. not, even, I'm not even sure. Uh, you know whether you know, I'm not even sure how to define stolen in this case. But if they haven't misappropriated them, then they wouldn't be around to be worth anything. The eighty million dollars that the government now, if the government was going to melt them. Down, I might have a better, uh, you know, feeling about this, but they're, they're not, not going to do that. <laughs> they're going to keep gonna... them and have the eighty million dollars worth of value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This stinks. I mean, I feel so bad for this family. They found this fortune and they thought, "Wow, this is amazing! Look what our grandfather had hiding in his safe deposit box." But then they took it to, to the mint to verify that they were really these kind of coins, which could be very valuable. And they were like, "No, nope, we're going to take those. Give us your coins." Just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, do not trust the government. No. Under no circumstance <laughs> do you give the government anything voluntarily. I'm kind of surprised that they stuck around in the safe deposit box, too, because didn't during the 1930s, didn't the government directly confiscate gold out of people's safe well, deposit is, boxes it, at banks? Who knows if it was in the safe deposit box the whole time? It might have gone in the Maybe. safe deposit box in the 40s um, after yeah. it had been hidden a mattress and all throughout the 30s or something like that. True. So, yeah. I mean, is there anyone who could support this? I, yeah, I, I would be interested <laughs> in somebody supporting it. But I mean, this it really feels wrong to me that this family, uh, you know, has this money taken from them. And the idea that the government's going to do anything good with this money is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they've shown themselves to be poor stewards of it, uh, of money. And I, I just, you know, the story as it goes doesn't move me in any way. If this had happened to... You know, I mean, take take the United States government out of this. And if this had happened to some government you didn't necessarily like in the mm-hmm. past, I don't know, take fascist Italy or fascist uh, Spain or yeah. Nazi Germany. Take these uh, situations and say, well, does the German government today deserve the money even though somebody misappropriated 10 gold coins from the Nazi government? Yeah. And I think that people would say, no! Yeah, they'd be appalled, but then but this it isn't becomes the same... confused when it becomes the United States right. that's when, in when, charge. Yeah. When, when people's biases get, get into play. and uh, <laughs> That's you been know, a theme on the show, yeah. The, the trumpets begin to play, uh, you know, the rocket's red glare, <laughs> and the, the flag flaps in the in the background. Did you say that the other night on Free Talk Live that that was actually a drinking song? The yes. The Star Spangled Banner? The Star Spangled Banner <laughs> is, uh, the tune to the Star Spangled Banner is an English, an old English drinking song. Interesting. And America the Beautiful is God Save the Queen. I didn't know this until like the 2008 Olympics or something wow. like that. I, never I heard, knew that until now. Yeah, the, and I heard it again several times. Uh, the British won quite a few uh, gold medals or quite a few medals in uh, yeah gold medals in the Olympics, and I got to hear "God Save the Queen" played several times. To me, it's just you know uh, "America the Beautiful," I believe is the name of the song, mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of interesting. What do you think, Mark, about numismatics? About the idea of like. That literally, the, literally, this was ten coins. 
Okay, there were probably one ounce each. So I think so. You know, at at most sixteen it's double eagles, right? Yeah. So the melt value would be somewhere around seventeen thousand dollars. Sounds right. Yep. Um, because gold is about seventeen hundred an ounce right now. Yeah, it went up a little bit. So, but somehow because they were so rare. They were worth eighty million estimated. I think that something's worth what someone else will pay for it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I believe that agree. numismatics are worth what numismatics are worth if people will pay for them. I used to work in the comic book industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in a comic book store, and it doesn't make much sense to me that somebody will pay forty five thousand dollars for an action comic number one, but somebody will do such a thing, mm-hmm. and that's their business. Um, to me, I, I, I like Marvel and I probably DC, but I don't know for certain. I just pay attention to Marvel. Marvel has a new service where you can get your comic books on your iPad or mm-hmm. your uh, tablet. Yep. Why in the world would you want to store all those comic books when you can just get the comic books you want on your oh, yeah. the tablet? I, I think numismatics may become ex- obsolete to a certain extent or collector's first edition things. I don't think so. People as like physical goods. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> Got to keep those old people around. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three for Talk Live. <laughs> the three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are one: share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two: buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three: give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in to the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie about anything you want, 855-450-3733. Talking about these uh, gold coins that were confiscated by the feds from this poor unsuspecting family worth $80 million. If you want to get uh, gold in your hands where you can keep an eye on it rather than having in the possession of somebody else who could turn it over to the government, if they ever decide to do mass gold confiscations again, I don't know if they're going to do it, but it's kind of disturbing. Clearly, they're doing some gold confiscations. Yeah. They're just enforcing the ones from left over from the 1930s. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And apparently, uh, statutes of limitations don't apply at all. But you can go to gold.freetalklive.com. Uh, there you can... Uh, Make sure to keep it in your mattress. <laughs> or wherever. geocache or something. Someplace. <laughs> uh, you could go get, get gold and silver coins. Uh, we've got some there that are very identifiable. You can uh, comparison shop. Get some great prices at gold.freetalklive.com. Gold's on the move again from the looks of it. And it might be the time that you want to get some gold and silver. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Not only are you getting the gold and silver that you want, but... You help with Free Talk Live in the process. Again, gold.freetalklive.com. And, Stephanie, you were talking about collectibles and numismatics, mm-hmm. and I think uh, right now I'm kind of interested in the idea of bitcoins. Uh, these are an oh, online currency. And there is actually somebody out there trying to collect the first, I think, 25 blockchains of the bitcoin. Now, I don't know exactly what a blockchain is. The, the blockchain, I, be- I believe, so you can call and correct me if I am misunderstanding this, but the blockchain shows the transactions of bitcoins like where they have gone and then the further like 
the further back a transaction is buried in the blockchain, the harder it would be to fake because you'd have to go back and like rewrite all those blockchains. A block is basically um, a math problem, right? That's when it's solved, you get bitcoins, right? That's sort of it, yep. So... When it's solved, then everybody who solved it gets a an amount of the bitcoins uh, in a sort of a lottery situation. If you're in a mining pool, uh, yes, actually, if yeah, you do solo, if mining, you solve it, you, you have the opportunity them. to win uh, some bitcoins, but not necessarily will you. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. it non, so the blockchain non-techie, is, but I've been trying to understand it. The bitcoins. <laughs> um, the blockchain is the record of where the bitcoins are, as okay. far as I understand it. Well, I and think, the block, a block, is what where the bitcoin. Like what the bitcoins are contained within. Okay. Yeah. So maybe they're trying what to purchase the, the, the first twenty-five block or something like yes, that. Yes, the first twenty-five blocks of so bitcoins. Somebody yeah. wants the first twenty-five bitcoins, essentially, on the internet, and it would be more than twenty-five because I think at the time there were hundreds of bitcoins per block. Okay. Yeah, and over time, the number of bit bitcoins in each block has been decreasing. They want the yeah, that's going to decrease decreasing again because the December, difficulty is getting more. Yeah. Yep. And as I understand it, somebody wants the first issuance of mm-hmm. uh, bitcoins and they want to collect them and hold on to them so people are collecting all kinds of things this is virtual stuff um it's it's kind of like farmville where you get the golden radish i'm not sure i've never played farmville but um <laughs> you know there's people that play games out there and they're these virtual things easter eggs i think is what the games call them mm-hmm. so uh, yeah you can collect all kinds humans like to collect yeah and it's my question is like how do they know that those are the first 25 blocks of bitcoins like because I, I don't know how they would identify which Bitcoins the came from which them? block. Uh, I don't either, but yeah, uh, I guess, I, I'm I guess sure that they can. Yeah. I'm 100% sure they can because otherwise this guy wouldn't be trying to collect them. That's that's <laughs> okay. my thought. Anyway, about Bitcoins, um, interesting news story come, came, came out here. Th- this is funny yeah. and interesting, yeah. So apparently somebody um, has some hexors, an anonymous group. Maybe they're trying to relate them to anonymous. Maybe they are of hackers has claimed to obtain Mitt Romney's tax records. The person or persons behind the claim says they were able to obtain the 1040 papers by accessing computers in the Franklin office of the professional services firm PWC. And the group said they will release the files to the public on September the 28th if they are not paid one million dollars <laughs> mark is holding his pinky up to his mouth like dr evil in austin powers movies with the uh, in bitcoin <laughs> watch the cam cam.freetalklive.com <laughs> and this is one of the things that bitcoins are perfect at they're yeah. perfect for situations like this these for people ransom money you mean for ransom money for yeah. essentially they you know they these people claim to anonymous. have yeah they, they claim to have the uh the the bitcoin or the the, the tax returns of uh el romno here and now, doesn't he isn't he required to release his own tax returns no. if he's a federal i don't think so oh i thought they had to release their tax returns if they were going to be Running for federal office, maybe I'm mistaken I, on that, but I, I seem so. to remember like it's a, I think it's just something that most people do. The expectation oh. is, is that you you know it's oh, just I sort see. of a uh, it, it's a thing that's done. Wow, it's awfully show- intrusive. Like I can't imagine someone pouring over your personal tax returns and then something good coming of that, right? Right, that's awful. Uh, the Clintons, I uh, remember when Clinton was in office, apparently they put they donated some long underwear to the uh, the Goodwill, and Rush Limbaugh's like, they donated long underwear and called them $45 or something like that. Rush Limbaugh's talking about Bill Clinton's underwear. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Wow. So, I, I mean, yeah, that Get would be very hobby. disturbing. <laughs> but P- 
people do want to know about these people that would that would propose to rule. And so I think it's interesting. What I think is funny is that the Obama campaign is making a big deal about Romney re- releasing his tax records when the Obama campaign won't release his college records. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of there, there's been as much obfuscation on the Obama side as anybody. What would be this whole the, birth certificate thing? Why do people want to see Obama's college records? Because they feel like he uh, that. Well, for one, no one remembers him being at like Cambridge or someplace where oh. he was. Like, oh, so people can you imagine allege- being the year of the school he was it, at? It was Columbia, and right? Saw, okay, fine, Columbia. Yeah, and never Cambridge saw him in there. The UK. What's that? Cambridge University is in fine. UK. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's a college that begins with a C. Yeah, if you I've can imagine that. what it's like being, you know, not having seen him, uh, that's got to be really disturbing. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's the weird thing about his birth certificate. Like, you know, yeah. here's his birth certificate. That doesn't look like my birth certificate. What is that thing? Well, it's a certificate of birth certificate thing or mm. whatever so you know i mean there's all, all kinds of people concerned about these things mm. i agree that it doesn't really matter at this point but if it's important what romney's tax returns are then it's important what obama's papers are in the past too i guess yeah it's um, just political mudslinging it a lot of that sick. <laughs> but in, interestingly with the bitcoins now bit instant uh our, one of our sponsors here has offered to trans uh to take a million dollars and convert it into bitcoins for free for the Romney campaign. I think it's real nice of them. Otherwise, it would be a three or four percent. (laughs) It is. It is a three or four percent fee. The Romney campaign can, you know, brush this all under the rug uh, for a mere. I mean, come on, a million bucks for Romney. That's nothing. Nothing. He he makes that in like 10 minutes. (laughs) Nothing. He ties the dog to the roof with hundred dollar bills. So, I mean. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, there was that. (laughs) I mean. The wet so, dog. It's interesting. Um, this uh, this whole thing. Uh, you know, people are claiming that they have the tax returns. It's difficult to know whether this is a hoax or not mm-hmm. because we're like, it's a funny hoax if it is. I don't think we got hacked. How how's he how's he know? And <laughs> what, what maybe what? Because you've, you've got to really wonder. They don't want this information out, obviously. Mm-hmm. And at the same time. Nobody knows how things can get hacked. So on January, or excuse me, September the 28th, we could very well have some very interesting documents mm. because they're claiming that it's going to be released to the press with a, a key and all that stuff. And all he has to do is to make it stop is one million dollars. And so, you in know, bitcoins, I mean, it has to be paid in bitcoins. It has right? to be paid in bitcoins. Okay. Which, by the way, is kind of neat for bitcoins because now people have to find <laughs> suddenly everybody's got to find out what bitcoins are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Bitcoins are perfect for this because once these people are paid, then they move it from their wallet to another wallet to another wallet to another wallet to another wallet. And pretty soon no one knows where the Bitcoins are. Mm-hmm. There's no way to know who got what to where and why they bought them. And, you know, it's just too impossible to know. Mm-hmm. You can say those are the Bitcoins that came from our extortion. But what are you going to do? Take them from the people who had things bought from them? Mm. I mean, if money was if if dollar bills or hundred dollar bills were used in an extortion racket either here in the united states or abroad should those dollars do they still belong to the person who was extorted because that's a really strange thing to to say right it's hard to trace the chain of custody back yeah i mean well if you could in this case with bitcoins you absolutely can trace the chain of custody you can't but you can't make them go back you can't refund them like nobody can intervene and like send bitcoins back like do a charge back basically no there's no way to do that yeah 
So, I mean, it's it's all very interesting. And um, people know, have there have been Bitcoin scams where people have described like literally watching Bitcoins be transferred out of their account and there's like nothing they can do. Like their their account gets hacked and they can't get them back. You know, they just see helplessly see them going to like a different address. If you don't keep an eye on your key, um, just like the key to a house, you know. <laughs> yeah. They- I had one Bitcoin wallet where I forgot the passphrase. And I, so I still have the Bitcoins in there. Can't they get just them out. It does happen. Uh, this <laughs> I was is, careful after that. <laughs> this, this does happen with I Bitcoins. I do love Bitcoins, though. You do need to, uh, you need to keep, a, keep an eye on that password, passphrase, or whatever. 855-450-3733. Do you think situations like this are a good reason to do away with Bitcoins? 855-450-3733. If you were Romney, would you pay for this? Would you pay to make it stop? Eight five five. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the, the final hour of the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855-453-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And Stephanie, you and I were just talking about the way that shop.freetalklive.com really helps Free Talk Live. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Free Talk Live is, is really helped by people who take an extra moment when they do their shopping online, whether it's Amazon or whatever. We've got several different uh, uh, things that you can shop through at shop.freetalklive.com. And it just takes an extra moment. Go there, shop.freetalklive.com. Click on the link and go that way, and Free Talk Live gets credit. And you know, it's uh, it's really and beneficial. it doesn't affect your purchase price. That's an all. important thing to note. To note, absolutely. So, shop.freetalklive.com. I was uh, just trying to look at what all the different things are. It's Amazon and Newegg, and um, you know, of course, gold and silver through gold.freetalklive.com, and we've got meds.freetalklive.com where you can get uh, your prescription medications at lower prices. And do you we- still have Audible too? You know, Audible was a um, a coupon code. Oh, okay. And you know, we might we might maybe we should um, add that there because uh, they they do keep it open. So mm-hmm. anyway, shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go to. Looks like Lenny uh, calling in from Battle Creek, Michigan. Lenny, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah. Hi. Good evening. Um, say I'm calling uh, in defense of of my voting at least. Okay. Um, have you heard us uh, uh, talking about voting? That wasn't this evening, right? What, what, what? Yeah, yeah, I have. Just a little bit. I tuned in a little bit late. But uh, I'm a I don't Democrat. remember us talking about voting tonight. No, no I think this was uh, probably from yesterday. Lenny, is that, are you talking about yesterday's conversation? Oh, I'm sorry. They must be. They're rebroadcasting it uh, right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, huh. Yeah, so that's, no problem. that's where I got it off We'll field with. the question. Yeah, you're welcome to talk to us about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't really have a question. No, so then make your point. Just, all right. My point is, you know, I'm a union member. You know, I go into this wide, my eyes wide open. You know, I understand the math, you know, how it's pretty much futile with the uh, electoral college and everything, the system that we have for an individual to vote. However, I still, I'm in fear of what the Republican machine will do to my lifestyle. It's it's basically you know to to just use a a real simple phrase I got to vote my wallet. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't I don't agree with everything in the in the Democrat uh, platform, 
Uh, but it's a defensive move on my part to keep, you know, the Republicans at bay as much as I can. My question is, I guess, is it an effective defensive move, though? Um, you know, well, likely. It's all I got. Yeah, it's all. Well, I mean, I guess it is. Uh, you could you could be more involved in the Democratic, uh, you know, apparatus in your vicinity, um, and you know, try to make those work. You could put yard signs out, and you could donate to campaigns and stuff like that. Do you think on the national uh, level, d- I, does but, it affect? Oh, I'm just curious how he uh, is it, Lenny? Sorry, Lenny. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, did, does does the president have much effect on like? what happens with unions or do Democrats on a national level affect that much? Oh, I, I think so. I mean, uh, the whole, it, it's, it's a big ship that they're trying to turn, you know, uh, and, and it's a cultural thing as much as anything legislative. That, so why not, uh, uh, anti-unionism, you know, it, it's more, there's more happening on, you know, state by state, you know, with right to work and so forth. Are you a but public still, sector union or a private sector union? Uh, private sector. Okay. I'm a construction worker. Mm-hmm. As I understand, about 6% of people in the private sector are members of the union, whereas uh, it's more like 60% of people in the public sector are members of a union. So uh, do you feel like in any way that the, the voice of private sector unions is drowned out by the public sector aspect? Uh, drowned out, uh, I suppose. I mean, we're drowned out anyway. I mean, the, the private sector unions have have little voice. If anything, I guess to, to you know, I hadn't thought about about it in that way. But uh, if anything, the public sector, uh, the noise, uh, is giving us a little more voice. Maybe you know, a little more impact. Maybe and awareness. Yeah. You know, because we've been diminishing for years. Lenny, I really appreciate the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You know, I uh, was thinking of I was I'm always trying to to boil this um, math down for analogizing voting, and I'm going to try this way with a thought experiment. So imagine I am a supernatural creature from space or okay. wherever supernatural creatures. You have come a from. tail in this imagined fantasy. Yes, indeed. And you have sparkles. And it's prehensile. And um the and I can grant a wish. Now, it's not your wish, it's the wish I want to grant. Okay. But I can give you a, a magical power. And that magical power is, is the super voter. I can turn you into a super voter. And by that I mean I can give you the ability to not vote once, but you get a 100 votes. And that vote um you can you can apply it. You can see from on high all the votes of all the other people. So let's apply that supernatural power to all the presidential elections. This sounds kind of evil. Mark. That have a, a well, the supernaturals uh, can be. It's just <laughs> powerful and can be used for good or evil. Um, it can be applied from any of the elections from 1789 to present. And remember. That all these elections, uh, all elections are state elections in the United States. There is no national election. If you're voting in a national election, you are a member of the Electoral College because there is no national election for United people in the United States. It's all state elections. Um, now, states apply their electoral powers to the Electoral College, and the Electoral College goes on and votes for the president, but that's it. Um, so if you had the opportunity to apply 100 votes— to any presidential election in any state, anywhere in time, would it change the outcome? 
No. As a super voter, I don't think it does. No. Um, I, I haven't been able to go go back and check on any circumstance. But even a thousand, probably not. Probably not even a thousand. But I think in Florida it would have been a thousand, and that would have changed the election. So two thousand, it might have changed. Maybe. But so I mean, even as a super voter, a thousand, you know, a thousand strong super voter, uh, you pro- you can only change one election, one election that would change the course of history. So I mean, I just I don't is, get it. This like- shows how weak the power to vote is. And now, if you want to yeah. go, and for me, I'll vote in a national election if there happens to be some local elections in which you know I have much more of a sway and a better chance of making a, a dent there. And I also get to see my friends who work at those polling booths and stuff like that. So it's a bit more of a community thing where I live. But if it wasn't, I don't think I'd go vote because it's just not worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> mathematically. I mean, going to vote for a you know going to vote in New York City on something. Yeah, no, that is kind of a. An irrational act. I mean, if you know that you won't be able to change the outcome of the election. And you know what I don't get? Um, The caller, Lenny, was saying that he believes that the issue that's important to him, the union, the union stuff Mm -hmm. is largely a cultural issue. So why doesn't he spend his time and energy instead of voting, like doing activism that would change the culture? What kind? Um, I don't know, maybe writing letters to the editor or protesting or trying to raise awareness about the issues. I that, think a letter to the editor would be far more, um, you know, instructive. But if or you have do a that, radio show of his union or something. And, well, he probably is too busy to have a radio show. But well, you, but OK. You yeah. can do both. You can some vote and write put, letters to the editor. Some people put as much energy into voting and political campaigns more than we put into Free Talk Live. Um, certainly more than I put into Free Talk Live because I only do one night a week. But. People can put a lot of time Some and energy. Some people do, but now you're talking about the very end of the bell curve again. Uh, just very few people spend that kind of time. Yeah, I guess, but it seems like it's just, it's so much more, it's put to so much more efficient and better use if you just try to change culture and people's ideas. I think the and cul- that's the foundation. Cultural things, maybe it's better to change them from, you know, for cult- with cultural methods, mm-hmm. but, you know, political stuff, you really can't change culturally. It's, it's much less efficient. So, you know. Um, don't you think, to a certain extent, politics like reflects the culture, yes. reflects people's prevailing opinions. To some extent. But let's take a look at marijuana. How long has that been? Uh, yeah. um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Paul Simon was talking about stepping outside to smoke himself a jay a long time ago, <laughs> and it still hasn't changed. That's true. 855-450-3733. Some powerful interests keeping that in place. Absolutely. And all of it. It's all powerful interests. Yeah. I don't care if it's beehives or marijuana or missiles. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We just had a guy call in and was talking about why he was going to vote for Obama, voting for his uh, vote in his, his pocketbook, as he uh, described it. We uh, mentioned BitInstant in the last hour, talking about how they were offering to uh, transfer a million dollars free 
for the Romney campaign to uh, pay for their their uh, ransom money that uh, apparently <laughs> they've got for their uh, the, the, the claiming that they have the, the IRS hacked forms. his tax returns. That's right, and they will release them unless they are paid one million dollars in bitcoins. And that's what BitInstant does: is they transfer dollars to bitcoins and bitcoins to dollars, and they do it uh, you know pretty fast and pretty easily. You can go to just about any. In any just about any town, any place that there's a, like a Seven Eleven or a Walmart or a major bank, um, you know, all these places, there's more than seven hundred and fifty thousand locations worldwide that you can go transfer your dollars into bitcoins. So all you have to do is go to bitinstant.com, look up your place, check out the little code that they have there for you. It's again bitinstant.com. I've used it. Ian's used it. Stephanie, have have you uh, done the bitinstant uh, thing yet? Uh no, I haven't done it but yet. But you've got bitcoins. Yes. Yep. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you'll give it a try. I got them in different ways. That's yes, I would like to try that. Different. It's not very descriptive. So um, <laughs> the, the gentleman called in and he was talking about why he was going to vote his pocketbook. And, you know, to some extent, I understand, I understand why people vote for, are going to, you know, people who believe in the ideas of liberty. I don't know whether he does or not. Are no, going to choose to vote for like Romney or Obama. I get it. You've got your issue or whatever. He, he sounded honestly like most people, like he was Voting against, he believed he was voting against the Republicans. Always, it's always voting against. Yep. Almost nobody's voting for. Right. And this is why it, the Obama peace sign bumper sticker makes me bananas crazy. Um, is, oh, is that, yeah. You know, you may be voting your pocketbook, and I can understand voting your pocketbook, but what do you think it's like for the pocketbook of the families who've been killed, who've had uh, children killed by the drone war that Obama has perpetrated over there. Sure, Bush was disappearing them and torturing them, but Obama's just killing them from the sky with remote control airplanes. That's horrifying. Uh, and yeah, apparently there was a, a reporter who got kicked out of the DNC that just happened recently for asking about drones. This is from... Well, this is from theamericanconservative.com, so maybe he has a little bit of a, an agenda or a different... The American Conservative magazine is really a libertarian magazine. Okay. Well, uh, this certainly seems like a libertarian-esque act, I guess you could say. Uh, this is by Michael Tracy. He's a journalist. And the headline is uh, Valerie Jarrett, who's a Obama aide, threw me out of the DNC for asking about Pakistanis killed by drones. Top Obama aide Valerie Jarrett's staff called cops to kick me out of a, a media area last night when I questioned her about drone strikes. As I sat up in the rafters listening to some Democratic National Convention speech, I don't even remember which one in particular, Jarrett suddenly appeared to my right. She was being interviewed on camera by some television hack. I don't even particularly know whom. So I rose from my seat and observed. There was an unnerving coldness about her demeanor. Naturally, she laughed and smiled for the camera, bantering obligingly, but callousness underlay in this guise of mainstream jocular propriety. I could see it in her eyes. By John, she said, wrapping up the interview, I sprung into action. A lot of the president's Democratic critics are very, I started, excuse me, sir, sorry, an aide of hers swooped in, ex attempting to intercept me. Sir, excuse me, sir. I spoke over the aide. A lot of the president's Democratic critics are very upset about the policy of drone strikes, I stated. Did Jarrett have any comment? She initially said nothing while the aide continued to protest. Sir, we need to get, another inter get to another interview. Then Jarrett broke her silence. If you would like to interview me, then Clo is right there, my communications officer. I suggest that, why can't you comment now, given that I'm already interacting with you, I countered. I would suggest that you do just what Politico and just what someone else in Audible did and ask for an interview, and we'd be happy to accommodate you. I don't think it makes sense. 
So you have no comment on drone strikes, I interjected. She started for the exit. Many Pakistanis are dying, ma'am, I shouted. No response. By then, she was out of reach. Do you have a card? Her aide, Chloe (laughs) Chloe Ewing, director of constituency Because you'll never make it back in one of these again. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. And this is one of the reasons why politicians don't get asked hard questions. Mm -hmm. Because the reporters that ask them don't have work. Right. Yep. I mean, do you think this reporter from the American Conservative magazine is ever going to be in at another, uh, you know, uh, Democratic oh, no. National Convention? <laughs> no way. Especially after the ending of this. Uh, <laughs> let me continue. You'll, you'll see what he said as parting words. Do you have a card? Her aide, Chloe Ewing, direct, director of constituency press for the Obama campaign, queried me angrily. She did not reply to an emailed request for comment. No. Ewing looked intently at my credentials, seemingly incredulous that I was entitled to be in her boss's presence. Jarrett's handlers, alarmed, then joined forces with convention staff and summoned two uniformed police officers who informed me that I was to leave the area immediately, my duly assigned credential notwithstanding. In fairness, the officers themselves were friendly about this and actually seemed rather befuddled. As I gathered my belongings, the guy who had been manning the TV camera whined at me, come on, man, we're trying to get people up here for interviews. What you did was not cool. Right. <laughs> F off, I told him and left. <laughs> right. You know, we want to get these politicians up here so we can lick their boots. It's about the ratings after all. I mean, yeah. the, the, the reporters that understand that there's, there are questions that are off limits, they're going to get the interviews. Yep. And I mean, this is, you know, I I know what it's like. I've had politicians on here. I know it's not easy to look a man in the eye or woman and uh, say, well, tell me about all those people you're, you know, uh, you know, tell tell me about this policy where you're a complete fascist. It's not easy. It is not easy to sit across that table and make those uh, those statements. And And even if you do make those statements, the like uh we talked about Gardner Goldsmith a little earlier tonight. I remember he used to have a local radio show and he was asking politicians like, you know, fairly tough questions. And his radio show basically got pulled because they said they had trouble with, you know, retaining the political advertisers. Yeah. Because he was, you know, asking him hardballs. In a lot of cases, especially up here in New Hampshire, politicians also have businesses. They're related. You know, they, they have relations with people that have businesses. They aren't going to let those businesses advertise on that uh, radio station either. Right. Look, I've got a car. You know, my dad's got a car dealership or my brother's got a car dealership or whatever. Do you want uh, car ads on your radio station? You need to get rid of that guy. He's asking too many hard questions. There's something wrong with that guy. There's, that, guy's a, that guy's a mess. You know, and they'll, no, they they'll use terminology sway. like anarchist in order to, to paint you in, <laughs> you know, funny ways and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. So mm. there you go. There it, is an editor's note on this uh this story that's published here also editors note elsewhere in national security denialism yesterday president obama wouldn't confirm or deny the existence of a presidential kill list in quotes when asked by a reporter despite his administration leaking knowledge of such a list to the new york Times. oh yeah there absolutely is a presidential kill list and anwar al wiki was on it right yeah i mean that's why they they killed they they found him and i guess eating breakfast or something like that chased him off the um by the way the stories were different i used to believe that they had blown up an entire cafe apparently they had chase them away from the cafe they, they ran away from the cafe because of the drone i wouldn't put it past them to blow up an entire cafe though but his son who was 14 or 15 years old an american citizen was with him first time that he'd seen his dad in like oh. a decade or something like that just going to see his dad his dad's like come on son we gotta get out of here the the, the terminator's coming and they killed him too so oh. american citizens being killed by drone strikes is collateral damage
And so Anwar Wiki was an American citizen, too. Without a trial, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about anything, but we've been talking about, well, drone strikes here mm-hmm. in the, the last segment. Um, it, was there anything more on that article of the American Conservative no, Reporter after, being... after the FU, that was pretty much it. But, tossed out? Yeah. But, I mean, the drone strikes are just completely... I don't understand why Democrats just kind of ignore them or tend to. Ag- it's convenient. The guy said he was uh, you know, called in, said he was voting his pocketbook. And I understand why people would put, vote their pocketbook. But people seem to make these and, excuses and, uh, By the way, Obama, Obama during the DNC said that he was going to stop all the wars. Yeah, he did. Right. Like you couldn't do and that the first up- first four years. Yeah. And there were more. Tr- you know, he actually increased the number of troops. Yeah, there's a surge going on right now in Afghanistan, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And it's not doing any good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Um, there's not much more to say about this. Okay. Do you want to talk about the uh, global competitive ranking for the U.S.? We could, but, I, you know, actually, we were talking about something during the uh, the break, and I think that this is, you know, I, I like to talk about things that are fresh for me. Oh, gosh, and is this the shampoo thing? This is the shampoo thing. <laughs> now, apparently, you've, you've, you're working on a new hair care method. <laughs> tell me tell me where, where you got this from. This is from the paleo people? Oh, gosh, I bear all on this show for our listeners. Yeah. I wish you would. <laughs> Um, well, I already talked about my bra size change. But yes, yeah, um, the paleo method. Now you have to. You've just teased it. Now you have to talk about it. The paleo method apparently has increased your bra size. Yeah, the cup size it increased. Why? Um, happy hormones. That's all I can come up with. No? no, I lost weight actually. Okay, lost weight, but your boobs got bigger. Yes. Wow. So the paleo method, paleo diet is describe it. Uh, it's it's trying to mimic the diet of early humans, so a hunter gatherer kind of diet. So like. You know, plants, Leaf, leafy greens, but not meat. grains, no grains, no legumes, but, you know, leafy greens, uh, animal meat, some uh, fruit, eggs. Yeah. F- little fruit, nuts, that kind of thing. Natural foods. Got it. Uh, so and I, I really am very happy with it. Um, and you used to be an Adkins gal and you lost a lot of weight on that, right? I did about 10 years ago and I had stuck with it. And then I just made a couple of tweaks to go towards paleo and I like that better. Okay. Um, but so... <laughs> This is going to sound very strange, I realize, to a lot of people, but there is a increasing trend, especially among people who are into paleo uh, lifestyle and diet, of um, basically foregoing shampoo, getting rid of shampoo. And some people actually even don't use soap. I am not there yet. I still use soap. Well, actually, I, let me, um, uh, before you go on, yeah. I had a dermatitis at one point. It was 10 years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. And I went to a dermatologist and my God, what they do to you. They have this like hole punch uh, for like like a cigar oh, punch. Oh, you took a skin biopsy? Yeah. So they took like, oh, 
yeah. almost a circle, uh, yep. a, a centimeter circle, probably yeah. three quarters of a centimeter circle. So what's that? Seven millimeter circle of skin right out of my leg and my butt oh, um, in order to find this stuff. And Oof. you know, I realized that this is uh, you know killed my uh, stripping career. But um, <laughs> you know, this is uh, this this was in the past. It doesn't occur now. Mm-hmm. And the guys, the, the the dermatologist said it was soap. He said oh, your skin you were just allergic can't to the soap. Well, no, just, just your skin can't handle soap. Oh that wow! People use too much soap. Yep. And he That's said, "Interesting." You know, uh, go ahead and try not to not use soap as mm-hmm. best you can, and go from there. Well, I never really stopped shampoo, so I just take the shampoo, put it in, um, you know, what I had from the shampoo left over, put it in the important parts that I felt were um, important, mm-hmm. and you know, I I did have a washcloth for going like between my toes and adding friction, but I didn't use soap there. Yep. And. So, yeah, I, I haven't used soap all over my body in, in a decade. Right. And I, mean, I don't I've have actually, the skin problem anymore either. I have actually seen some studies, contrary to conventional wisdom, that if one washes one's hands with just hot water and no soap and then dries them with a paper towel, it removes almost as many of the bacteria as, as does washing your hands with soap. Interesting. So the, the action of the towel probably gets a lot of them off I and bet the water. it does. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so that was that's interesting to me. And of course, nowadays there are lots of chemicals in soap, like including the antibacterial stuff, yep. which may not be too too good for you. Um, I mean, I guess it's a trade off between having nasty bacteria on your hands, especially if you work at like a hospital or something, mm-hmm. and and having you know maybe irritation. From I do too like much the idea of my soap. doctors using soap. Yeah, I do too. That was like one of the biggest medical advances back in the day yep. when they figured out how to wash their hands. But anyway, so I, I heard a lot of people in the paleo community um, deciding that they were not going to use shampoo anymore. And the reason being is that they say that, you know, using shampoo can be this never ending like roller coaster where it strips the natural oils from your hair, right. which make it, makes it shiny and soft. And then your scalp kind of goes into overdrive and produces some grease. And so the top is greasy, but the ends are dry. And then you need more and more shampoo. And then so they say, right. You know, I mean, stop I have to shampoo it. every single day. My hair is that you're greasy. I mean, it just mm-hmm. it's going to it doesn't look good the second day. Yep. So I have to shampoo every single day. Yeah. So so I stopped using shampoo. And for the first like. For the, for the first, I would say, week or two weeks, it looked a little bit um, different than normal, like a little bit strange. But then it kind of normalized. And I also, I, I had put like some coconut oil in it like once every couple weeks just to condition it, I guess. Okay. And I also found a curly hair block because I have naturally curly hair. So I found this curly hair block. By the way, I gotta, I've got to say, I mean, you're four weeks into it. It looks great. Mm, thank um, you. I mean, you know, your hair is one of your, you know, your supreme assets. I don't know what the <laughs> terminology you. is for the, you know, the things that look best on people. But I mean, you've got really wonderful hair. Thanks. And so, you know, I mean, whatever is whatever it is, is not a bad thing. I always thought your hair was wonderful. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm, you know, I don't know that I feel like anything different is going on here. <laughs> well, I'm certainly saving money on shampoo. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, shampoo is not probably. I I go to Walmart and I buy the Head and Shoulders. I figure if I'm going to st- you know whatever their off brand of Head and Shoulders is, and mm-hmm. um, I figure if I'm going to shampoo, I might as well make sure I don't get uh, dandruff flakes. Uh, so I mean, I just buy mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, I'm spending two dollars every couple of months on shampoo. Yeah, maybe that's not much. a huge deal. But you've got a lot more <laughs> hair than I do. Right. Right. Um, I found this. I happened to find this blog of a lady. I think her name is Terry LaFlesh. She is half LaFlesh. Yes. Okay. She's half African-American and half white. And she has like very tightly curly hair. And she said like most of her life, 
Um, and this kind of like is, is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine that people with like African-American hair are told like, oh, yeah, you, you got to straighten it. You got to make it look as as white as possible and as European as possible when no, like that's a beautiful type of hair. And I, I like I would like to see more people wearing it kind of natural and being proud of it, I guess, or at least not being ashamed of it. You know, I've so, seen plenty of sort of natural styles that look good and yep. plenty of uh, sort of straightened styles that look good. I, you know, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's up to everybody, of course, it's their own hair. It's just I wish um, I hope people don't feel pressured by culture to have it Indeed. a certain way, you know. So uh, she was like straightening her hair most of her life and hated her curly hair. And I could re- relate to that because I did, too, when I was younger. But then she figured out how to care for it. And now she has amazing, like, you know, f- several feet long, beautifully, tightly curly hair. And so I followed her method, which is no shampoo. You know, you she uses tons of conditioner, brushes it through, washes it out, and then like, you know, lets it air dry with some gel in it, and the curls come out looking gorgeous. So Is the gel an important <laughs> part of this? I mean, could you just air dry it without um, the, with the, just the conditioner in it? Yeah, I think I think you can air dry it. Um and some I don't know. To me, it's all about uh, the the lack of care as opposed to <laughs> the care. <laughs> I want yeah. the, the shortest system from here to there. Well, she says it lasts like a week. Like you can you can just wash it like once a week and the curls will last. You can spray a little water, they'll reactivate and it lasts for a week. So it could be very freeing potentially in terms of time because you wouldn't have to style your hair like every single day. Hmm. So, um, yeah, is this relevant to freedom in any way? I don't think it matters at all. I mean, this is Free Talk Live. We yeah. can talk about whatever we want to talk about, okay. and I well, think it's uh, interesting. To anybody out there, men or women who has curly hair, um, you may be interested to look into this. So this paleo lifestyle, there's there's a, you know a huge amount of people online that are talking back and forth about all different ideas um, and, and, you know, pushing the boundaries of what is so mm-hmm. out there. And I think oh, it's... Oh, yeah. Shoes, lights, uh, sleeping patterns, all kinds of stuff. Interesting yeah. um, that, uh, you know, how they go about it. How, how does one get into it and get involved and find out about these things? Um, I guess just from reading blogs and stuff, um, I found out about the no shampoo thing. Like, I had seen people blogging about it uh, maybe six months ago, but recently I went to a paleo conference called the Ancestral Health Symposium. And I saw a couple of women who were actually doing this, and their hair looked great, so I decided to try it. So. Very good. <laughs> 855-450-3733. Final segment of Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's the final segment, but we can still sneak you in here. Anything you want to talk about, we've talked about. We've been all over the board tonight, whether it was uh, you know, somebody getting a sex change for money, the difference between males and females, the uh, Hardee's. <laughs> sex change for money? 
That was that sounded a little misleading. Okay, it was a prisoner. exchange for tax money is yeah, what I yeah. meant to say. Um, <laughs> Sounds like somebody paid, hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you get a sex change in bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the Hardys, uh, Harlots, and uh, all <laughs> all across the board. Oh, my. 855-450-3733. Pulled pork. Yeah, it was pulled pork in that sandwich. <laughs> That pulled pork is going to come in a bag, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They're not pulling that thing off <laughs> off the the picnic uh, ham, right? Anyway, the U.S. Uh, according to this, it's CNBC.com. This is one of these disturbing kind of uh, things. I I'm of the opinion, and may, there's a lot of people out there that the United States is is an empire on the wane. That yeah. it. You know, two hundred years, right? Most empires don't last more than that. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I've I've heard those kind of claims in the past. I don't know how mm-hmm. sustainable they are. The Roman Empire went on for a thousand years, if you want to claim that. But the Republic itself didn't last for for maybe two hundred. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, what my concerns are is that uh, freedom is diminishing on the home side. That uh, violence is being used in order to sort of maintain the empire um, on the outside, and that's costing us kind of uh, public relations points with the world. And that that's, you know, right currently traveling as an American, I I can tell you that I had instances where people didn't like me because I was an American when I was traveling abroad. Right. Now, I didn't have anything to do with whatever their complaint was. And this is people thinking in groups and it's not accurate or anything like that but you know it just goes to show some people don't like what the american government's doing and the american government isn't the american people by any stretch of the imagination mm. but for the american people to believe that somehow they're benefited by what its government what their government is doing i think is kind of weird yeah. i mean it's this uh, we were just talking about uh, a reporter kicked out of the democratic national convention for confronting obama about uh, about predator drone strikes, and it's interesting. Ask yourself, as the average American, what do you get out of the military-industrial complex's adventures overseas? I mean, yeah, you may like the military guys, and you may like uh, you know the, the service men and women, and you may like the flag, and you may like all those things. I got it. I get it. That's fine. But what does it do for you, because I can tell you, there's four thousand, five thousand dead American service people over what? Freedom? Because it ain't freedom. A lot of them suicides too. It isn't cheaper gas. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, and suicides, by the way, are more deadly currently than uh, than than the battlefield. Right. So, uh, you know, what's, what does that what's say? That say? I don't yeah. know what it says, but it it says it says something, and it isn't good. Um. So, I mean, you really got to ask yourself, what do these things do? Are they trying to fight the terrorists over there so you don't have to fight them over here? Hey, I got newsflash for you, people. You won't have to fight them if you leave them alone. The reason reason Osama bin Laden said, I mean, just listen. Listen to people who hate you enough to kill you. Just listen for a second. They don't all have to be lying. Yeah, they're giving it away. You'd think they'd be telling you. I mean, you know, they don't want to kill you. They want you to leave them alone. The, The United States intervention in the Middle East along with its support for Israel, is the reason that um, that these things are going on. That's what they say. And now the Democratic National Convention had to go off and say that uh, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. I'm not exactly sure what that means, uh, other than 
you know, obvious geography question. Uh, and uh, what is the capital of Israel? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Uh-huh. But they they did that, and that was uh, they they shoved that through on uh, a voice vote. Oh, they actually took a vote and said that that. That was the- they took a vote and people voted against it by a large percentage, by a good percentage, and they they said it was uh, oh. two thirds in favor of the yeas. It was really weird. Weird. I think I heard something about that now that you mention it, but then I just kind of forgot it because it's kind of irrelevant. But but it's really not because like the way that the you know the U.S. government is treating people around the world, it creates a lot of animosity. Uh, animosity. Absolutely, and Blowback. some people. It's true. How how would you feel if somebody from your family, whether or not they were participating in some kind of freedom fighting, I'm sure that's what they call it over there, by the way. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the United States is on their land. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do call it freedom fighting. Doesn't and yeah, Ron Do they Paul... want to subjugate other people? Absolutely. And if you want to fight over there, so do you. Yeah. I mean, you're no different. You're just you just have a different opinion and you're willing to use deadly force in order to get that opinion. One thing I've heard some people say, including Ron Paul before, is that, you know, imagine what it would be like if you were just in your home kind of minding your own business and aliens, little green aliens landed and tried to, you know, corner you into specific areas and try to occupy your space. What would you do? Well, of course, you'd fight back against them and you'd you know, probably claim that you were a freedom fighter, right? So that's that's kind of what it's like when there are U.S. troops occupying somebody else's neighborhood, right? And even before all this stuff happened, most people will harken back to pre-9-11. The, the reason that Osama bin Laden's upset, among, among others, the support of Israel, which I don't see why the United States is giving money to Israel any more or, or any less country. than any other nation. Yeah. Israel can take care of itself over there. It'll be just fine. Trust me, they can handle it over there. <laughs> they, they really can keep that little piece of land safe and let them come to whatever equilibrium they come to. Don't let it be the United States' issue. Also, the United States is supporting regimes in uh, Saudi Arabia, the biggest country over there. That Those people, the Sauds, are kept in power by the United States and their force yeah. of their military. Now, yeah. A lot of those people, as I understand, it, the Sauds aren't even like the indigenous folks that they're from a little farther off or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, people care about those things. They don't want to be ruled by kings. A country that fought a revolutionary war against a king is supporting kings in other countries. That doesn't make any sense. It makes sense to somebody. Yeah. Somebody's willing to go over there and fight and die for that flag that's uh, you know supp- that, that that that's being used as mercenaries to keep these kings in place. They're hey everybody, we're the Hessians now. Oh my. Yeah. I think a lot of people might be ignorant of the history, you know, that might be factoring into all this. But the U.S. has had decades and decades of intervention in the Middle East. So that's, uh, you know, that's and my point. people over there know about it. Yeah, that's my point. Or they at least have some idea about yeah. it. You can believe they know who's killing their right. families. Um, and, and now when you're looking here in the world's, according to the World Economic uh, Forum survey, the world's uh, largest economy, uh, that's the United States, which was placed at fifth last year, fell two positions to the seventh spot, making it its fourth year of decline. This is uh, the United States. We've slipped further down a global ranking of the world's most competitive economies. 
a, a lack of macroeconomic stability, the business community's continued mistrust to the government and concerns over its fiscal health were some of the reasons for the downgrade, according to the annual survey. A number of weaknesses are chipping away at its competitiveness. The U.S.'s uh, fiscal imbalances and continued political deadlock over resolving these challenges, said uh, Jennifer Blank, an economist at the Geneva-based WEF. Political deadlock over reducing the unsustainable federal government budget deficit projected it to hit $1.1 trillion this year prompted Standard & Poor to downgrade the country's credit rating um, one notch to uh, AA plus from AAA last August. Hmm. Yeah, that was a this big deal. This is what it looks like. Yeah. This is what a country in decline looks like. And I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't fight and kill your ba- way back into viability. I agree. You get successful in this world by providing people with what they want in exchange for what you want. That's how you get successful. And it doesn't change on a country level. You get more successful by making other people more successful, not by stealing their oil, going over there and making, making it, what do they, what do they call it, a hospitable environment for um, U.S. foreign interests or whatever the terminology is that they, they use. <laughs> Working as a mercenary for big companies from the United States, big U.S. interests, as they call them. They're not your interest and they're not my interest, by the way. No. If they were my, you're in my interest, gasoline costs would have gone down after we uh, you know, occupied Iraq, one of the largest producers of oil on the planet. It didn't. It went up. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, if you're looking at this just from a utilitarian standpoint, you'll realize it doesn't work. I'm not. But if you were, it doesn't work. And you, we can learn these lessons and maybe we'll bounce back. But if we don't learn these lessons, we're not. And I'll tell you who's not going to learn these lessons. People in Washington, D.C. Indeed. It's been Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can check us out in the meantime at uh, freetalklive.com if you called in this evening or uh, you called in some other night. You can go listen to the show you called in at. The last seven days are at freetalklive.com. The last six years are at archives.freetalklive.com. You can uh, post stories and uh, videos and blog posts there. Interact with people at freetalklive.com. <laughs> 